Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Next up is Jeannie Terry. She's the host of Say So with Jeannie. Jeannie currently resides in Brevard County and is passionate about sharing people's stories of life change and their personal encounters with Jesus. She is a wife, mom, and world changer. This episode will encourage you to leave your old ways behind and embrace what God has in store for you. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to Write It Down. My name is Brooke Murata, your host. I'm sitting here with Jeannie Terry, also known as Jeanne or Jean Terry. You went there. I went there already. Welcome to Write It Down. Thanks for having me. It's thanks. such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on your show. And you're, the listeners are going to find out that there is more to our conversation if you listen to Jean Terry's podcast. Just kidding. Jeannie Terry's podcast. Um, tell us about your podcast. Why don't we roll right into that? Oh, my podcast is so cool. And I, I say that most humbly. I am not being I'm amazing. Cocky. Look me up. <laughs> Is that what I said? I think I just said that. No, I love it because, well, it's called the Say So with Jeannie podcast. And it's basically we're sharing the gospel in conversation. Yeah. So, you know, people don't understand the power of salvation until you actually tell it to them Mm -hmm. or, or, you know the bible talks about sending people like if you don't hear the word and then how would you ever know about it so right. i feel like the say so podcast is a vehicle for that so psalms 107.2 says let the redeemed of the lord say so and tell their story so i mm. feel like the say so podcast is basically me having a conversation with somebody who's been redeemed their life has been redeemed their life has been transformed and mm. it wasn't by their power but it was the power of jesus yeah and um other people are able to hear their stories and get inspired by it. And I'm able to hit record on the, our conversations and call it a podcast. I think it's the coolest thing. That is super cool. What I love about that is, um, and something I love with write it down as well, is that every story is different. You might be able to find, um, a common thread in everybody's story. Um, but every story is different and that just shows like the unique uniqueness of every single human. So I think it's really cool that you are telling people's like, it's not a cookie cutter, like, well, like even if you look at famous people, we've talked about this before um, on your podcast, so check it out. But um, <laughs> about how there's always like a different, there's a different path to get to where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And everything looks different, every nook and cranny. What are some of the nook and crannies that got you to this podcast life? Oh, such a good question. Thank you. Because this wasn't like your college choice, you know? Oh, gosh, no. No, I mean, growing up, I wanted to be in theater. I thought I wanted to be an actress. Thought I wanted to be in a are news we anchor. I think we are. Yeah, She's just twenty year difference. Yeah. Our parents, you know, they, just, they waited. They waited a long they time. Waited. Surprise. <laughs> um, no, I just love. You know, it's funny because I'm. I think I'm an introvert at heart, but I have extrovert really? tendencies. But you're funny. Or not oh, that thanks. introverts are funny. funny. That came like out. funny looking or no funny. Ha ha. <laughs> you're very funny. Ha ha. Do I have stuff in my teeth? Maybe. Okay. I, I can't tell. <laughs> um, what was the question? Oh, nooks and crannies. Oh, man, it's been a journey, but it's just been so good. I mean, even the times, like, when I look back on my life that I thought were really awful, and there were some pretty awful times uh, in my life, um, I can just see where God's hand was gently nudging me and loving me back into his will for my life. Yeah. What? Okay, so what is probably the biggest... Um, pillar in this for you that's going to make you keep going in your podcast? Uh, Just the goodness of the gospel. I mean, the message is timeless. It's classic. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus said that scripture can never be broken and um, his truth can never be broken. These stories can never be broken. I mean, you know, people deny the validity of the Bible, but I ask you, do you deny the validity of your history book? No, probably not. No, but the the Bible is uh, historical. It's factual, and um, it is relevant. It is timeless. And in this culture and this time where things are changing constantly, mm-hmm. and you can't rely on the weather, especially in mm-hmm. Florida. One day it's eighty five degrees, mm-hmm. and uh, today I don't know. It's like fifty two degrees. Yeah. Um, you can't rely on who's the in administration. You can't rely on your job because it could be swept from underneath your feet. Um, I My source and hope of in, inspiration and, and encouragement is in the Lord and in the stories of other people 
that he has shown his faithfulness and goodness to to as well because I think man if he's doing it for me he's doing it for so many other people and I just am so inspired when other people simply want to share their message for their message to be heard because there's someone out there that needs to hear Mm -hmm. that they made it through what they made it through so that they can too be inspired to 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 move on and Mm -hmm. maybe one day share their story so have you always um have you always like grown up believing and there's there's people out there that believe in jesus and people out there who don't believe in jesus you didn't always grow up right a believer correct okay so i i prided myself on being agnostic really Mm -hmm. how old were you like until you shifted Okay, so when I was a youngster, we did not grow up in the church. I think I went to go get baptized, and I got water up my nose. It was awful. Yeah, I think I was 13 it. years old, oh, right? Am and I in heaven yet? What does this right. do? Yeah. And I, I didn't understand really what I was doing. My family didn't go to that church. It was literally like we were going through the motions or some type of ceremony. Um, I didn't grow up in youth ministry or um, anything like that. And so... When was I claiming to be agnostic? I think in my like late teens, early twenties. Wow. I remember having conversations that would, I would say, um, I would say, you know, I believe in God, but I just don't know that there's, we just can't know everything about God. So that was my thing. Like if I can't know everything <laughs> about that. you, then you you're, just a, yeah. you're just a God, but mm. you're not personal to me. So mm. you're not, you're, you're probably not for me. I don't know what you're doing in my life because right. I don't see any evidence of you, but also I was so young and immature. I probably didn't, wouldn't even know what evidence to look yeah. for that God was in my life. Yeah. I didn't even know that me being uh, walking on earth was evidence of his wow. goodness. So what shifted? What happened? Um, I'd have to, let's see. I, what happened? I was at a low point in my life. I went to go visit my grandmother and she said, look, Jeannie, look on TV. There's this woman named Joyce. She's so funny. Watch her. And so I was like, who is this? And I later turned around and realized that was Joyce Meyer. And so I just started watching her, but, um, I didn't really know what I was watching. It's, it's kind of like Joyce. Are you familiar with Joyce yeah. Meyer? Yeah. So she can like preach the gospel to you and make it so funny and yeah. so relevant and so practical. She doesn't make the gospel funny. I don't mean that. Yeah. She makes life funny. Yeah. 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 She makes the stuff you go through just be like, okay, right. Get a grip. Right. Let's go. And I'm like, okay, me too. I have felt the same things. I've gone through the same things that she has gone through and this is how she has dealt with it. And then one day she did an altar call and I basically gave my life to Jesus by myself in the living room watching her show. And of course you're not by yourself because God is there with yeah. you. Um, you're so, just kind of done with the skepticism. Yeah. And I knew that there was a better way to live and I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. So talking to someone um, like me, who's grown up churched, you know, knows, knows the book, knows the religion. Know, I mean, there's, there's people out there that know that, but then they get in their twenties and they're like, is it really that real? Is it really that authentic? Looking back, how has some of your thought patterns changed since you gave up the whole agnostic like i think he's cool <laughs> i think you know i don't know what about this and what about the sun what about the universe like all that right. stuff so like how do you like can look at your shift of thinking as far as that's concerned and how you view yourself because people are trying to find themselves so that's one thing and i I don't want to go back to joyce but really she has been a huge impact in my life and people will have their own comments about Joyce and or any evangelist I mean you know it's easy to criticize and comment um on other people but um she taught me to think about what I'm thinking about you got to think about what you're thinking about and so for me I was like oh my gosh like I am trapped in my thoughts where are my thoughts going what train of thought am I taking which like it's I literally think about it as a train and Mm. I'm getting on that train and what thought is on that train? Because wherever that thought is going, I'm on that train with that thought. Yeah. And so it's it's either going to lead to life or it's either going to lead to death. And so I, I also think about thoughts as being very creative. So when you think a thought, what does your thought become next? It's It becomes your words. Like, I think I want a piece of chocolate. You know what? I really want a piece of chocolate. And then after the thought becomes words, then the word becomes actions. I see a piece of chocolate. So I'm going to reach my hand and get that chocolate. Like it's a progression. Mm -hmm. Thought is just not 
unless you can stop a thought at the thought process, it be it evolves. It is creative. It, your thoughts have creative power, and God made us a creative being because He's a creator as well. Mm. So I have to intentionally think about what I'm thinking about constantly because. I don't, there's some like statistical data and I don't have it cause I mm. wasn't, I didn't know you, you were going to ask me this question. I, yeah, I'm sorry. You uh, should no. have had that with you. Uh, yeah, I know. I should have had it in my pocket. <laughs> um, that, um, that we have so many thoughts, like, I don't know, thousands of thoughts maybe per day or per hour. I'm not sure, but we just have to be intentional about what we're thinking about because not every thought is from us. Um, and some of the thoughts that, um, come into our head are, um, twisted truths and if we're not careful we can um believe the twisted truth or the subtle lie that we're believing and it's not until we're around another believer that they're mm-hmm. and and you because sometimes you just believe these lies or these thoughts and if no one's asking you about them they're not really coming out they're just things that you're believing oh, yeah and oh, yeah and then you get them out and you're like my favorite thing and not that you should you know laugh at other people but my favorite thing is when I get in a fear spiral and I start to like panic and I like go down this thought train that like literally makes me scared and paralyzed yeah and I tell like my closest friends and they look at me and they giggle and they're just like Brooke is that even sound real mm-hmm. and I'm like it did in my head like mm-hmm. it sounds so real in my head and like and then it like cripples you throughout the day but then when you admit it to and this could be the same for people who don't believe in Jesus if you're out there and you have all these toxic thoughts which I'm always going to point back to Jesus that he'll he'll heal you from that but if you have these toxic thoughts and you have people in your inner circle that you can say them to and mm-hmm. somebody look you square in the eye and say uh, mm-hmm. hello. Does mm-hmm. that even sound normal? Does mm-hmm. that even sound like that's what's happening? Cause people can, um, we have like a perceived reality inside of our heads. There's always like a narrative going on and we're normally the main character in that narrative. And so anything that kind of threatens that narrative or anything that makes that narrative, I'm, I'm a worst case. Maybe it's a pessimist in me. Sometimes I think I'm optimistic, but I'm a pessimist. So like if anything kind of leads towards worst case scenario, then I'm like, that's probably going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And then the minute I say that out loud and somebody can giggle and go, do you see the rest of the stuff that's going on around this situation? Mm -hmm. Does that really seem like that's really going to happen? And if it did, do you think that's going to like be the worst thing to ever happen to Mm -hmm. you? And then you're like, okay, there is a little bit of rationale like out there, like, you know, and I, and I think, I think again, your thought life is the biggest thing that will keep you from, as you say, as an agnostic that keeps you from believing well, how is this even real? How is this even true? And then you start to talk it out loud or you start to hear the truth get ingrained in your case with Joyce Meyer. And then you verbally say, okay, God, if you're real, come at me. Mm-hmm. And that's like almost unlocks a butt ton of truth for your life. <laughs> you're just like, oh, there is a lot of power in words. Like if God created the world with words, right. don't you think our words can create worlds? Our words matter. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I mean to cut you off there. No, no, Jeannie, no you have Jean. a good- <laughs> Terry, that's your real name. I, I have two know. first names. Yeah. What was your maiden name? It's tangent. So that's French too. You're. Are you from France? Like imported mm, from imported. France? Imported. Yeah. We. We. No. I. Uh, it's French Canadian. So. So yeah. you're, Are you Canadian? Um, Do you know who you I are? I don't even know who I am. <laughs> Where's my identity? <laughs> Who am I? I need to find myself. <laughs> you do. You need um, to find yourself. No. So my ancestors came uh, from Canada. So, but my last name is Bedard, B-E-D-A-R-D. Bedard. Okay. But if you pronounce that, it's Bedau, Jean Bedau. Wow. Isn't that cool? Should I just change? Jean, Jean Bedau. Jean Bedau. Jean Bedau. Why did I go Jamaican? <laughs> do that every time i do an accent i switch it to a different country it's fine um okay so kind of rolling in since you're having an identity crisis with your name let's talk a little bit about identity what would you say in this ever-changing world um is is your identity what are certain things i want to go spiritual but i also want to go towards the route of what are things that you implement in your life that don't change like you know if you go on vacation you're still going to go run your three miles you know that you're going to go to a coffee shop you know you're going to get black coffee like what are certain things that are inherent to who you are that don't really change with an ever-changing world so you can go spiritual but then you can go practical as well good gravy sorry really good question heavy loaded so I think something about me is that I'm 
I'm constantly changing. You're so, like a chameleon. Yeah, I'm a You're chameleon. wearing camo. Oh, I can barely yeah. even see you. <laughs> You're always changing, John. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm consistent. I feel like um, there are some consistencies with me, but that's what I like about having a relationship with Jesus is that even when I'm so utterly inconsistent, He's so consistent, and I yeah. can rely on him. Yeah, and I know that was spiritual. That no, was good. That, I yeah, that wasn't it. a good answer. I no. mean, um, I don't, I don't know what is consistent consistent about me. That's such a good question. We might have to circle back. Let's say, let's say somebody out there is listening, and they they lost their job, or somebody out there, like we talked about, me getting cut from the soccer team when I was in high school. But let's say, you know, somebody tears an ACL and they're about to go, you know, play professional um, football or all these things that like kind of changed the narrative that they had for themselves Mm. and their like hopes and dreams. What would you say would I mean, it's really hard not to go spiritual, but what would you say would be like kind of like a word of advice or something that you would just, you know, tell them to to go do, you know, probably isolation's not your good friend to no. go to sit by yourself and no. think about your life. Isolation's never good. And I think the root of when your life doesn't turn out to be the way you thought it was going to be, that the common denominator in that thought is you. And so I would try to be less me focused and more other focused, mm. um, find out what you can do for somebody else. And I know at that time you're probably like, I don't want to do anything for anyone else because my dreams and hopes have just been shattered. Mm. Well, so <laughs> let's, let's rewind and think about why were our dreams and hopes placed in that one thing. It's mm. okay to want something. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to want to play soccer or to play in major sports or to do whatever the desires are on your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, that's okay. But to put all of your faith and hope and trust in that one thing is setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. And don't we have enough disappointments in this world? Mm -hmm. Um, rather than to put our, our faith and trust in a job or a spouse or a child or ourselves, it's Mm. really when, when we get into trouble with that kind of mentality and it goes back to your thought life, like what am I going to be intentional about? And I guess if that's something that you asked me about being consistent is about thinking about what you're thinking about, because Mm. the only one in your head with you is you, you know? So you have to decide, well, am I going to believe this thought? Do I think this thought came from a right place or do I think this thought came from a bad place or some, some, you know, spirit or enemy that is trying to throw me off track? Yeah. So I guess to answer your question would be to really get your thoughts off of yourself and onto something else and who can you reach out to and 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 be with and you know or like go seek therapy or go seek counseling because it never ever hurts to go talk to an unbiased person whether that's a therapist or like you said a good friend that you can just be brooke in front of yeah because you know you don't want to hide the fact that you're in pain you don't want to hide the fact that you are disappointed and you don't want to just harbor all of that inside. It's good to get that out. Um, but a lot of the times we're just overly focused on ourselves and mm-hmm. our disappointments that we don't take the time to be like, you know what, this is, this is not the end of the world. Yes. We have to put things into perspective because we're mm-hmm. thinking so our thinking tends to be so limited. Yes. Instead of being, you know, having a mind set on eternity and you can't have your mind set on eternity if you don't even know what that is yeah no it's true i and i think um man wow i think i have adhd to be honest because i was about to say something and then i was gonna say something write it down write it down this is why i had to write things (laughs) down but um something that you said you said so many good truths and nuggets right there but um, being ourselves i Mm -hmm. think we are living in a world where everybody is a brand you know, mm-hmm. what, what do they represent? You know, mm-hmm. who do they work for? Are, oh, they're an influencer on Instagram, but let's say Instagram shut down tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Who would I be? Mm-hmm. You know, if our phone's all locked up and we lost every single contact, who do you actually know? You can go to their front door. Like I've kind mm-hmm. of like thought about that before of just like, who are the actual people? Like even the people and in, in all reality, some of the people that have helped me with this podcast and been my guests, 
If I were to, I don't know where they live. I can go knock on their door. Mm-hmm. Like I know their phone number is like stored in my phone. Mm-hmm. But let's say I lost my phone forever. Mm. I lost my Instagram. I lost, you know, all of my content for my podcast. Would I still know who I am? Mm. And I've been kind of challenged with that in like a beautiful way of like, yeah, I, I should know who I am. I should mm-hmm. know that, you know, I have a great family that I have, um, so many gifts I know like the the people that I work for um they know me by name there's Mm -hmm. this like when you're known by who you are you feel comfortable you feel like you can be yourself you don't feel like there's a front I think Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people um would prefer like more of a small group setting than going to like a big church because they feel like they can just be themselves I'm going through this right now I feel like this is like what I'm struggling with and I've, I've noticed that with corona and everything just kind of shutting even corporations down or the four walls of the church down and people are getting face to face with real people like this Mm. is my story this is who I am you know and the most powerful stories which you're sharing on your show are the ones that have like severe life change and life change I do believe you know starts in the spirit but it also starts with your mind and your soul Mm -hmm. like it shifts the way that you think which is what you were saying like in your 20s you went from okay if you really are god like let's be a little more personal here Mm -hmm. what are what is something let's let's talk about fear for a second um what is like a big fear that you can look back on that has completely kind of subsided since you like have seen things work out in your life is there anything that comes to mind I think probably fear of rejection. Hmm. You don't have that really anymore? Mm-hmm. No. So what what broke you from that? What is something? Just realizing that God doesn't show favoritism and mm-hmm. that Jesus, um, he felt rejection. He was put up on a cross and completely rejected by the people that he came to save. Mm. And yes, while some people did accept him, ultimately he he paid the the price of the ultimate rejection. And I, I feel like if he could go through that and experience what rejection felt like and offer me comfort in my rejection, mm-hmm. why, why, sh- why wouldn't I be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Why, why is it okay for my savior to suffer rejection and not me? Mm-hmm. What, what What's one of the biggest like rejection moments of your life that you can re- pinpoint? Um, my gosh, I remember well, going in and applying for a job and I thought I was going to get it and I didn't, I was like crushed, you know, I, w- I felt like, oh, that's personal. I'm rejected. Yeah. Or even in dating and someone says they don't, they got to go find themselves yeah. and they leave you like they just wash their hands of you. That's rejection. Yeah. You know, um, I think rejection comes in relationships a lot. You know, and if we're not careful, we can put our identity in that rejection. Mm-hmm. And then we ultimately think we're bad. There's mm-hmm. something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. But Jesus experienced rejection and there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. Yeah. He's perfect. Yeah. That's good. That'll preach. I think, again, when you go through rejection, you know, it, with anything in life, 100% of the time you can look back and go, oh, I see why that happened. I see. So I think the older that you you get in life and the more mature you get, even in your walk with God, you're just like, oh, that was actually like like what you had for me was was way better, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think we mentioned that briefly on your show with like, I wanted to get a job so bad with the WWE and there was no reason why I shouldn't. And I had all the all the boxes checked and I was like, what is going on? And I it was just like my last little hit of like, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a job in this industry. So buckle up and go get that nine to five job and live in your hometown. Um, but I yeah, like, you. yeah. <laughs> so I like look back and I'm like, man, that is some good stuff right there. God, because I ended up, you know, interviewing the, the champion that year of the WWE and I'll never like, I'll never forget the feeling that I felt of, Like it doesn't stop at rejection. So we can look at the fact that even Jesus got rejected by people he came to save, but it didn't end in rejection. It ended in resurrection. Oh, that's good. And I like think about that in my life of like, I don't want to live the life as a Christian that thinks, well, this is just it. This is how it goes. Like when you follow Jesus, like you're just going to go through everything he went through. That is true. But what he also went through is being seated at the right hand of God. 
So it didn't stop at death. It didn't stop at, you know, that wasn't the end. And I think that's what a lot of us Christians, we stop there sometimes. Mm -hmm. We're like, well, give your life to Christ. You got to take up your cross and follow him. Yeah, but he also says it's freaking light. Mm -hmm. It's a light burden. Mm -hmm. It's a light yoke. He took ours for us. And so I think that we need to like talk about our thought life, need to live in light of the resurrection and not the death. Yeah, no, absolutely. I and love how you could coin that phrase. Like my, my rejection. Write it we, down. Yeah. Let's write this down. Write we we down. need to come up with something. God bless it. From rejection to resurrection. <laughs> something like that. That'll, like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It should be on a shirt. This episode sponsored in part by Cinetech, Central Florida's trusted electrical contractor. Celebrating 15 years in business in Brevard County and beyond, Cinetech specializes in commercial and industrial security surveillance installations to keep your employees and business safe. Cinetech also provides structured cabling solutions and audio and video systems. You can contact Cinetech today for your low voltage needs by visiting www.cinetech.com. That's www.cinetech tech t-e-c-h dot com or you can call 321-600-4990 that's 321-600-4990 tell them brooke sent you over now back to the show i think yeah like you said it's like one of those things where if anyone out there is listening to this and they feel like they've gotten their their fifth no and i don't want mm. to sound like a tony robbins podcast but like you don't yeah thank you your yes is coming mm-hmm. type of thing more or less like there's there's things that you feel like are gonna like think about as a parent like when you say no to your kid it's normally because you know what's better right for them you That's know you, you, you have like mm-hmm. a better you you have something better in mind for them that they don't really know that that's coming. It'd be kind of like if you had pl- you're planning a surprise Disney trip for your kids, and your kids just keep begging to go to Fun Town on Saturday, <laughs> and you're like, "No, we're not going to Fun Town." And they're right. like, "My parents hate me. Right. This they don't want me to have fun. Fun mm-hmm. Town's the best. They have rollerblades and like all these different things." And then you're like thinking in your head oh i just spent three hundred dollars for disney tickets and they have no idea mm-hmm. and they just need to relax and trust me and mm-hmm. and focus on mm-hmm. thursday and friday that's good right now mm-hmm. and that's like something that i'm like i'm preaching myself right now i don't even know and me oh, mm-hmm. shoot so i like them and you know i'm just like man why do i sometimes get so stuck i can see in my life the times he said no to fun town because he had disney <laughs> in store so fun town for people who don't know is fun like, town's like like just a worse chuck e cheese <laughs> it's like there's i hope that people from who own fun town are not listening i'm to so those. oh my gosh yeah. i didn't even think let's of that. edit that out we need to edit that out <laughs> is fun town real around here is that a real thing Isn't or is it? it fun spot oh it's fun spot we love fun spot i love fun spot if fun town is real this is not a personal attack <laughs> at all gosh let's edit this entire let's crop my whole mic out no but i'm just saying like there's this level this level of i'm not gonna throw another chain under the right but you know what what i'm saying saying. you see what i'm saying picking up what i'm throwing down Mm -hmm. it's like how many times do we we leave it at the no like as as people like he says that he can do it exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask Mm -hmm. or imagine yeah, and I think sometimes what we think is good for us, God's like, no, I've got something better for you around here. Let go of good or let go of bad and let let me show you what better is. Yeah. You Ooh. know, I have so much in store for you. You don't even know. So like take this, you can call this rejection if you want, but there's so much on the other side of this. There's a reason I'm not allowing you to go down this road. Yep. I love it how like you hear stories of people who are like, running late to their flight the door closes and there's this one story i heard recently about a guy this happened many years ago he was late to his flight and he was like banging on the door wanting people to let him in and upon takeoff that whole flight it it crashed everyone died and he's like now he keeps the flight ticket posted on his wall like this is the day that would have been the end of my life and so he was like and this has nothing to do with rejection but he, he was probably disappointed i mean you're on a flight you're missing your flight yeah like 
you know, and you're thinking like, why did this happen? Or this is not a good scenario, but there is so much in that. Like, you know, we talked about on my podcast with you, how you were sitting on the sidelines watching the sorority girls interview the players. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that just wasn't for you. God, it's so much better Better. for you, but you needed to go through that to learn what that feeling was like. So that, like you said, when, when somebody else is experiencing that same thought, you can be like, there's a better way to live. Don't even worry about that. There's so much much more. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So talking about that, what, what did God say no to in your life? And he gave you a better yes. I would, I would have to say it's lifestyle choices. Okay. So growing up, I would watch, and I'm not going to call the names of the shows out, but <laughs> like I'm calling out businesses. You don't, <laughs> but wanna... I don't want anyone to feel condemned or convicted if they're watching this show now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I would watch stuff that, and I would say, oh, I'm watching it for either entertainment or to check out or whatever. But the messages they were that they this show just evolved and it got worse and worse over time and i don't even know if it's still on the air but the messages that they were sending it just didn't sit right in my in my being i was like i feel dirty watching this mm-hmm. whereas before i used to laugh it was yeah. funny yeah and then the things they would start introducing i'm like this is not good for me i can't ingest this if yeah. i'm going to like live a life for god and live you know holy or whatever you want to call it like and and glorify him there's no way I can put this in my mind without then regurgitating it like how can I think that this won't affect me by watching this and laughing at this and going along with this this is not okay Mm. and that was a decision I made by myself I didn't post about it or tell people I'm not watching this anymore but it had to become a lifestyle I don't watch certain movies because of that I don't go to certain places because of that like it's just it's been an all-around lifestyle change and I'm I have to say this because this just came up in my head, but I used to, I used to club like that Mm. was, I grew up in Miami. Clubbing was a big thing. And by clubbing, it's going to nightclubs and dancing Mm. and drinking and just acting a fool. Right. Mm. And this, it it just became an every, you know, it started on Fridays and Saturdays. And then all of a sudden they had Mondays, like who goes to a club on a Monday night? And maybe they still do. Right. And then like you stay up all night and you drink all night and then the next day you go to work or whatever is your MO. But that was my, it was partying and drinking and staying out late. And I'm like, I had to make a choice. Like, is that going to benefit me? What, what is that doing for me personally? Like what value am I getting out of this lifestyle? And I had to just make a shift and it, it had, And it was almost so easy because you want what God wants for you. Once you know what he has for you and what his promises are, you want that. And so you're, you're willing to give up the crap or what you think is good or what you think you're like is funny right now. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you're, I don't know if you're convicted or you're just like, your eyes become open. Mm Because I know a lot of us and me too, I'm, I'm sure my eyes are still blinded to certain things right now. And I think... We just go from glory to glory. I know that's Christianese, but like if God showed us all of our messes at once, he would crush us. He would literally crush us. But he's so gentle and loving and kind that he says, let's work on this one thing right now. I want you to follow me. Just trust me with this. Let's take this away because this is what the world wants you to do. And it's only leading you down the wrong path come with me. I'm going to show you something better. Mm. And I'm not taking your fun away. I'm going to show you, I created laughter. I created fun. Mm -hmm. Jeannie, this is what he's saying, Brooke. Like you don't have to watch what you're watching. Mm -hmm. I have something better for you. And I know on my podcast, you talked about the crappy low budget Christian stuff that was out there at the time, but man, have you seen chosen? Oh yeah. That shakes (sighs) me. Yeah, yeah, no. We're getting better. Well, that wasn't, okay, that wasn't there whenever I switched my major. So I just like a quick (laughs) interlude, like whenever I was talking about that wasn't Uh that. But no, they do such a good job bringing about what's linear and making it real. Like making it, you know, in, in person. And when you realize he's so personable and fun and he's just, like you said, he's kind. And, and I think about like the first miracle was at a wedding, Mm -hmm. like, for actual he was there for the ambiance and pleasure of a wedding mm. like he wasn't there healing the sick mm. like i mean he still cared about obviously but he show, it says in scripture he chose to show his glory as a son of god at that miracle 
why 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 mm-hmm. water to wine mm-hmm. why, why why was that because he's strategic he's mm-hmm. not you know you know and he even told his mom my time hasn't come and then she looks at the disciples and goes do what he says mm-hmm. you know and you just got to do what he says and watch watch what happens and i think there's just so much like i don't want to live in this like oh well christians can't have fun yeah, yeah we can mm-hmm. we have fun and you know what's fun about our fun is it's safe mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you it know? leads to life yeah. it leads to life and health mm-hmm. you know he's he doesn't want to take fun away he created fun we we perverted fun yeah yeah we did oh. so let's get back let's get back to good fun good good yeah. god fun that he has given us i mean the bible's full of fun and song and dance and we just miss it. A lot of us just miss it. And we just we just want to poke fun at the Bible and say it's not real. And, you know, tell me your history book's not real. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with, well, especially in, in what you're doing, too. Like we said, you know, sharing sharing stories is, like, the most powerful thing ever. To talk about how one, one way you thought one way and the next day you thought a different way. That's change. That's not, like... I don't know, somebody hit you upside the head with the Bible and told you you need to be better and you need to be doing this, this, and this. It's like, no, all those other things, they come. Right. They, they come a little bit later. Like, you want to read more. You want to be encouraged more. But when you realize that he is loving and he is safe and he wants you to be a part of a bigger story, then you're like, I'm on board. You know, you say that, like, if he showed us all our problems, it would crush us. Mm-hmm. But I think if he also showed us every single miracle and excitement in our life, it would also crush us. We mm-hmm. wouldn't believe him. Mm-hmm. Be like, There's no way that's mm-hmm. going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you you couldn't have even told me, you know. Um, do you feel like, I mean, we've gone, like, total, total onto this route, but I can't help but go here because I love this stuff. Do you feel like he has given you, like, vision or like this just these desires that he's asking you to wait on him for to wait on him as if they're not already existing meaning like maybe they are but just kind of like just this level of like more more vision for your life of where where you see this going like your podcast or maybe where you see like just certain desires you're like all right god if, if you're putting that desire in my heart you're gonna have to open this door I don't know. When I first started podcasting, I thought my ultimate goal was to be like on TVN, right? Yeah. And to the Trinity Broadcast Network and to like interview and start a podcast for them. And I'm like, why limit myself? Not mm-hmm. that that's a bad thing, no. but I think it's a good goal, but there might be something better or different for me. Yeah. You know, and I don't know really what it is that God's going to totally use me for. You know, sometimes I, I just think about the podcast. Oh, it's just this fun side hobby. And then other times I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's it's more far reaching than than I'll ever know. So and you can't really judge the success of a podcast by listeners or downloads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You really I don't know if we'll ever be able to assess because you have a podcast, too, obviously, that mm. like what's the judgment of success yeah, in a podcast? I don't, I don't know. You know, is success being the, the Joe Rogan of podcasting where it's millions of downloads? Well, what's happening with those millions of downloads? Like, are, is, it, is it changing the world? What are we affecting? Is it for positivity or is it for negativity? I don't know. Mm. You know, so I guess to answer your question, I'm I am at this point so flexible and I will just let God take the reins because he is trustworthy he is faithful and you know like you're saying if he were to show us all the miracles or or all the good that he would do in our lives we would just we would fall I don't know I think about how when we get to heaven that we'll probably be on our knees most of the time just worshiping him Mm. you know Mm -hmm. but I feel like we have to take that stance here while we have the chance on earth is to get on our knees and to worship him because there was a time and I just remember the time of my life where where I claimed to be agnostic and I wouldn't get on my knees for a God that I knew nothing about. And that was just in my own ignorance. So for me, no one came and bumped, thumped my head with a Bible. It's always, it has been a personal relationship and getting to know him and having, you know, and I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived, you know, there's nobody has there's, and I'm still learning and blinders are still being peeled back. Um, but, just I I know and if you knew me when you would know that I've gone through a transformation really yeah does you so your family are your is your family Christian like were you like did they change or is it just you were you the only one in your family that got saved um I 
my ancestors were brought up Catholic, so um, they kind of now dabble in, uh, you know, kind of going to non-denominational churches and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, you know, the if everyone is saved, that is my prayer, that everyone would be saved. Um, and I believe that we're in our families for a reason. Like God has... <laughs> God has a plan for that and we're not saviors and we can only be a witness to what God has done in our lives. Mm -hmm. So if, if I can speak hope or speak the gospel message to someone and they get saved, well, to God be the glory. Like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course that's, but for a while or for, for a perceived while you were the lone, like the only one like in your family. So it happened for me, it happened when I was in my 20s, 20s. Yeah. So and it wasn't like I shouted at the rooftops, hey, I'm saved. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know, yeah. It wasn't like It'd be like, OK, I didn't get all like, you know, Christianese and, and trying to like <laughs> repent now or die, burn in hell. Like I didn't I didn't you have shouldn't. nobody no. should do that. I, ha- I didn't have a message because I hadn't yet gone through like a single transformation. I mean, it's just it's amazing how the Bible talks about we're given a new spirit. Like it's just happens in an instant, but mm-hmm. then all the other stuff is step by step. Oh my by gosh. Step by step. You look back and you're like that. Yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Oh mm-hmm. wait, that was him. That was so, like, we kind of talked about that on your show. No, I think that's like, what, what's encouraging about your stories. Like I said, I love talking to people that like were agnostic or atheists and then they, their life kind of changes and their perspective changes because I'm like relatable. Like I think especially to people who have grown up Christian, but I think when you hear stories like that of people that literally were like, there is no way there's a God and now they can't stop talking about him. Mm -hmm. I think that's when, you know, there's a God because it's the, it's the naysayers, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like we, we know in the Bible with Paul, it's the naysayers that have like the, the life change that like encourages the ones that, have believed their whole life and you know not that I haven't gone through stuff and I'm not seen God's hand in my life but for all as I can remember it's just what I've always believed and Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that I'm Mm -hmm. not like oh I wish I would have gone through some (laughs) huge traumatic shift but when I hear about shifts like that I'm like okay I don't well it's like that whole like I'm not in control to save anybody else because God can do it on the floor of a living room Mm -hmm. like he doesn't like I I get to be a part of it in some way shape or form but it doesn't all hang on me Mm -mm. like it doesn't it's not my my job to convict that's not my job to can do anything Mm -hmm. it's the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and so I think that should give people who are Christians a lot of rest and also people who are not Christians that are listening to this. It's not like a, Oh, be careful. He's going to get you one day. Like he's throwing this like dart at you. That's like, can't wait to peg him down and make him live this religious life. Mm -hmm. It's like an actual really like loving, just nudge and this like kindness to be like, Hey, I have more for you. Mm -hmm. It's this like really sweet voice. It's Mm -hmm. not like, and take you out like i'm gonna get you <laughs> keep running see like yeah good luck chuck you're gonna keep listening to these tracks and you know you're not gonna get tipped as a server because there's definitely a bible passage that's better like that is not god at all right. like that it's like it's way more loving it's way more hey why don't you come come here and like see what else i what i can actually do for your life so i love that um i do want to you know land the plane because i'll definitely like take the reins on everything and not even like go anywhere. Um, but we, we talked a lot about what we talked about life change. We talked about identity. We talked about podcasting and dreams and and things like that. Uh, what are certain things as, um, as a mom that you really try to instill in your kids to, to make them, I'm going somewhere with this. So, but to make them feel absolutely loved and safe, but also have freedom. Absolutely loved and safe but also have freedom so that's good because children are a gift from god <laughs> rehearse that's that a scripture in your head. you yeah. literally are looking up and you're trying so hard to say that well children are a gift children are a gift, gift from, from god. god they're awesome so but with gifts you want to you want to keep your gifts safe and mm. you want to protect those gifts that you've been given. You don't want to lose them. Mm-mm. So uh, a tactic that the enemy has been using with me is 
making me believe that something horrible is going to happen to my children and that Mm -hmm. I have to be there with them constantly. I have to be the helicopter mom. I can't leave them. So for many, many years, it was super, super hard for me to leave them anywhere, drop them off at school, bring them to a relative's house, bring them to a friend's house. Like I was always imagining the worst. I was catastrophes, catastrophizing things. My mind would go there. So um, for me, it's been, again, to think about what I'm thinking about, like genie, is this really going to happen when you drop your child off? What are the odds of something horrible, like you're imagining in your mind, going to happen? You know, and then I'd have to talk myself down from that or call somebody and talk to someone like this is what I'm thinking and feeling. Uh, And then they would do kind of like how you said that you would have a conversation with your friendships and you can be raw and and really tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that has been definitely a letting go and letting God experience and trusting him more because he created my children and love them more than you could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has the best plan for them. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. So. So, so as far as the freedom, mm. I have to trust God and I have to say Psalm 91 protection over my children all the time, which is just a prayer of protection. Um, and I also have to constantly remind them and encourage them and let them know that they're loved um, unconditionally. I'll say things like that all the time, even if I don't think they understand it because they're young. I mean, they're eight and six. I don't mm. know what they're understanding at this point and mm. or what they're what's over their head, but I'm going to tell it to them anyways. I'm constantly reading scripture over them, talking about scripture, talking about God. And, you know, I, I don't want to be that mom where it's like, oh, gosh, she's going to talk about God again. Yeah. Like, can we just be real? Yeah. You know, but I do. There is value in scripture and there's value in playing worship music and mm-hmm. having it on in your home and in the car because your faith is going to start at home. It's nobody else's responsibility to teach my children about mm-hmm. God. It is my responsibility. So I have to know who God is and how much he loves me and that I'm known and that I'm loved and that I'm safe Mm. and that I can portray that to my children. There's a lot of parents out there freaking their kids out right now because of this virus. I know. And we, we, we choose not to put that fear into our children's heads because it's just not healthy for them. There's a, there's a level of, um, good fear, I guess. Yeah. Like awareness and like this is actually happening and not to wash your hands and don't kiss strangers. But we're not going to put on the news and make, oh, and we're not definitely going to put on the news in front of our children. Like Mm -hmm. that's just not what we're doing. And Mm -hmm. you know, it's not helpful. No. Yeah. So that's my answer. I like that. If I answer I think it's good to talking about the news. I think in general with anything, it's good to have awareness, but not fear. And so you said faith starts in the home. You know, I grew up in a Christian home, super grateful. But I always knew I could swim, but I didn't know I could swim alone until mm-hmm. I got to college. And that was whenever my, I feel like my, my faith was a little more authenticated when I was like thrown out there and my mm-hmm. first roommate moved out. And I was like, ah, I'm stuck with all these bills. Like when I really had to like trust God and not like my parents, mm-hmm. that was huge for me. Like separating my parents and their faith from my faith was absolutely huge for me. And I think that the best thing that you can do for a kid is to remind them of truth, but also let them be aware of what's not true. Because then if what happens is, is if you only know truth in your little bubble and then you get out into the real world and people are combating your truth or which is the truth of the word and you don't, you didn't know that was even out there or a thing. That's when most, I feel like Christians are like, Oh, this thing, like they, they start falling really bad. So I think there's like a good, like you said, taking the virus, for instance, they're aware there is a virus. They Mm -hmm. are aware that they should wash their hands. They are aware that we are wearing masks, but you're not infiltrating the virus and the ever changing news in your home. And I think that's the same with things in the world. You can be aware that there are certain people that act this way or do these things and all that stuff, but you're in the confines of your home and you know, Hey, that's probably not going to lead to the best 
mm-hmm. solution for my life. So that's one thing I am very grateful for with my parents is I was raised in a Christian home, but I was also allowed to work in the restaurant industry at age 15. I was allowed to go work uh, or to go do things that like were not constantly like I was in bubble wrap, you know? Mm-hmm. And then whenever I'd find something out about the world, I had a safe space in my, in my family's home to be like, Hey, so-and-so do this, such and such do, does this. And they'd be like, okay, well they do this and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. what their parents are allowing them to do. But this is why we're not allowing you to do that. Mm-hmm. And there was this like, the older I got, the more I was like, oh, my parents aren't just like really mean religious dictators. <laughs> they like want a relationship with me and they want to talk to me about the real world because mm-hmm. they experienced the real world. And so it was like a really, I feel like healthy balance. And great, I'm sure they had their list of fears of like, oh my gosh, Brooke's going off the deep end. But I think they're they're proud of me sometimes. But anyways, <laughs> but I'm no, sure they're I, very proud. Ho- of you. Hopefully, thank you. If my mom and dad are my only listeners, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but that was like super helpful. But I want to get um, before we get to the write it down. There, there's a lot of things in this episode people could write down. But I love to do rapid fire questions um, towards the end. Sweet. So <sighs> fire I, away. Fire away. <laughs> Would you rather cook for Thanksgiving or cook for Christmas? Neither. Neither? Really? What do you do for either? Cater. Do you really? I'm all about someone else cooking. But for this past Thanksgiving, my husband and I actually cooked. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. You're welcome. I had COVID. Uh, Oh, there you go. Nobody else got sick (laughs) except my husband. I love that. Okay. Are you like, would you rather vacation on the beach or the lake? Like in the beach, woods. really beach, Your beach gal? total, total beach. You like the sand, love the sand. Why you're looking at me like something's wrong with the sand. No, nothing's wrong with the sand. I just, <laughs> you didn't strike me as a sand girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I prejudge my guests oh, of yeah? what they're going to answer. And oh, I so never am I right. failing you? Yeah. You're okay, failing me. Cool. Um, would you rather, would you rather your only mode of transportation be a giraffe or a donkey? Donkey. Why? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me why. I don't know. Because Jesus rode on a donkey. Stop. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Well, I mean, it's true. I don't know. I feel like a giraffe would be kind of fun. That Where long, would you hold? You just the hold on to the mane? You see or? how long the neck is? There's plenty of space to hold on. Like Where would you slide. hang out with the donkey? The neck is donkey. like shorter than its nose. Yeah, I don't know. I'd figure something out. I'd get some side rope saddle. or something. Side saddle <laughs> side that. Saddle. I love that. Okay, um, last one. Since you said you hated cooking, maybe I know the answer. But Wait, would you I didn't rather... say I hated cooking. My husband calls me a one-hit wonder. I make a, a meal, a really good meal. I make it fantastic, and then I never make it the same again. Mm, that's unfortunate. Well, because I thought, you know, they say the variety is a spice of life, so I was just trying to keep things spicy. spicy. Okay. But apparently people like consistency over variety. I, who, knew? Who, who knew? Who knew who people knew? like stability in this world? <laughs> <laughs> Dishes or cooking? clean the dishes or cook yeah oh cook dishes are awful i only like doing the dishes at other people's house yeah see i have a weird thing like that too i love cleaning up for people i don't is that a thing is that you performance driven yeah and ocd yeah that could be so i just have a lot of things going on some people think that they need to have a task in order to feel valued but we don't wow we just wow we won't go there wow i'm not saying that's you no i (laughs) wow that just hit me somewhere (laughs) somewhere deep within me if i'm not doing so what did you just say to nothing me? i didn't say anything write oh, that down write that down okay gn jean genie oh terry what is your write it down think about what you're thinking about think about what you're thinking about write it down genie thanks for hopping on the show this is awesome thanks. you're too much fun brooke thank thanks. you thank you for listening to the write it down podcast This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.